Welcome to the Puerto Rico News Roundup podcast, prnewsroundup.com. An unusual edition today, John Mudd and I are just out of federal court, uh, the first omnibus hearing on the PROMESA cases uh, with uh, Judge Swain, and we are sitting in a cafeteria talking into an iPhone, so the quality is not going to be great today, but hopefully the content will be. So, uh, welcome, John. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> yeah, as we sit in a, in a cafeteria. But, okay, so let's talk about the, what, let's talk about what happened today. What is your, your kind of summary for, what's your one sentence of, of what, what happened today? The judge has her own mind. She's not in favor of one side or the other. She looks at what everybody says, and then she decides. Yeah, and that's kind of, uh, what do you think that does to people? I mean, everybody has, has, has every, how much has everyone put into this to kind of make her out to be one way or the other? Is that just the way it goes with federal judges, or people no, want it to be a story? Uh, every, every big case, people want to second guess what judges do. And you never know what a judge is going to do, or a jury is going to do for that matter. And what I we're seeing here is a judge who's extremely polite, extremely likable, but she's not afraid to put down whatever she needs to put down. And she has her own mind. Uh, when it comes to a couple of the motions, she told one side, listen, I don't, I'm not inclined to, to grant it. This is the way I see it. What do you have to say? Which, which is great, because that way you don't have to repeat all the horse manure you've said in the yeah, motions. Yeah, she, she stopped um, uh, at least once during one of the, interview, the interviews. <laughs> it was kind of, she just stopped the lawyer and said, let me tell you where, where I'm headed exactly. so that you can <laughs> recalibrate whatever it is you're going to say. And I thought we, it was really effective. And, and, and we appreciate that. We're not there. We, we know that the judges think and, you know, and many times they know what they're doing. Now, one judge who was really good in the First Circuit, for example, was uh, George Breyer when he was sat on the I remember once I was arguing something I don't want to hear that I want to hear this It's <laughs> so better perhaps to have a, a federal judge with a, with a strong opinion um, So tell us about the motions today. What uh, we had had two really major ones one oh, yeah. was the Gofina dispute uh, procedure motion and the second really was the um, Lex stay. Do you agree that those are the, the two biggies or would you add? Uh, I, would, I would say the third one, the last one, was also important for other reasons. Okay, the first one, um, let's uh, go into the COFINA. The most important one was the COFINA procedure. The board was uh, taking the position that the ish, real issue in the COFINA dispute was not COFINA Joe's, but rather COFINA Commonwealth, who was the owner of the COFINA money. And they established a procedure where they would uh, appoint agents who would do the bidding and they would have the last say on everything. And the judge wasn't buying it. Uh, she told Beinstock, who was doing a very good job, but you know, he didn't win on that one, but he was doing a good job. He told him, listen, I'm not inclined to grant it. I'm not, I'm not going to deny it without prejudice. You guys can get together and come up with, uh, with uh, some joint position on that. You have the mediation team, which is important, here for that. They're, they're going to meet on the first time on July 12th, so it's going to take a little while. Oh, and Beinstock correctly said, but Your Honor, if we have most people, well, not all, can we file a motion? He said, yes, yes, you can file a motion, which is very proper, I believe. Let's go into the mediation part a little bit, um, just because I, from having talked to various bankruptcy folks, talking to you, um, and and some, some analysts who, who do muni stuff, the consensus is that the mediation point is actually really, really important, and it's it's a really important thing to pay attention to in this, in terms of um, what the judge is thinking and kind of generally what uh, 
what things might look like. Tell us who was a, who was in the courtroom today um, and what you kind of took from their introduction. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna go a little bit further. In uh, for the May 17th uh, hearing, the judge ordered uh, the board to tell him tell her if mediation was necessary. The board simply ignored it. She even though I mentioned that she had asked for that and that I was going to speak about it if somebody raised it, but nobody did. Uh, the board didn't say anything. So basically the judge said, no, no, I'm gonna do what I think. Mediation is great if you want to settle, okay? Uh, if you saw the the lawyer for the ERS bondholders, he said- Bennett? Hmm? The Bennett, the mm -hmm. man who spoke at the last- He said, you know, Your Honor, we, we've met of this and, and there's been no possibility mm -hmm. of, of settlement. And he was actually combative. Mm -hmm. um, he was the only kind of yes. uh, combative person with the judge Not today, very which good. was, it was very strange. She was visibly uh, frustrated by yeah, his, his indirection style. Yes. and style. Um, yeah, it seemed a very different different way of looking at the world. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that, that I, of course, not being a part of, of the federal judiciary world and not part of mediation world, um, that struck me as really interesting was Barbara Hauser, who is mm -hmm. the chief, uh, she's a chief judge in Texas. Texas in um, I don't think clearly knows her things and yes. knows her world and, and said, you know, that the team she'd put together had between 17 and 30 years of experience between everyone. Very on the good team. Uh, a team, by the way. Um, she talked about uh, one of the advantages uh, of being in mediation is that experienced federal judges who've been through complex cases can basically tell each party um, confidentially. Uh, you don't have a case here, or you got exactly. a good case. And, and, I've, and, and I've had both. Uh, they tell you very candidly, you listen, your chances here are not very good. I'm going to try to see if I can get you something. Mm -hmm. And that's a, a very common. Uh, I think it's a good idea, especially if the parties want to settle. But it's important that we remember the way she, uh, Judge Swain's uh, put this up. All things are confidential. She will not know. She will not receive any information of who said what or what. Simply, if there was an agreement or there was not an agreement. So it's a black box. Um, that, in which all these things happen away from her. Yeah, what will happen is you will have the possibility of getting to mediation. If it, we're going to do the process starting on July 12th, she may have to decide things. Remember that by July 11th, she has to, and we'll get into that in, in a minute, she has to decide one issue as to the automatic stay. Mm -hmm. And whatever she decides that may affect how mediation goes. So it may be that you're in mediation, in the middle of mediation, and you have a decision that says, you know what, you don't have a case. So the, the July 12th date that you're referring to was uh, the initial meeting that mm -hmm. um, Judge Hauser said would be held in New York mm -hmm. uh, with the conditions for joining it to be forthcoming. But but it will be on the 12th of July for the first time Everybody to get together. Everybody file the motion, this um, positive or opposition to this positive motion will have to be there. In oh, she York. said, we'll have to be there. Everyone we'll has to be there for that. Those who I didn't have that. filed a motion, you know, for example, in my case, I have not filed a motion of that nature, so I don't have to go. My mm -hmm. clients don't have to go. But to, uh, for example, the people from PAI, the people from the board, all have to go. So you have to show up. You don't have to participate, but you have to show up. You have to show the, up the because initial... you have to give uh, certain, certain uh, input to this group, which makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense. You don't have to participate. The board will say, yeah, sure, we'll participate. And uh, there's nothing wrong with participating. Maybe you'll get to an agreement. Maybe, probably you won't, but maybe you will. Who do you think will of, of the whole, well, I was going to say the debt stack, but that increasingly looks like 
a dead pot uh, where, where it's not so uh, refined as we all once kind of thought it was. Um, who, who do you think uh, amongst all the participants is most likely to participate and who's most likely to benefit from that type of structure, from a mediation structure? Everybody's going to participate that can. Everybody is, is feeling the pinch of the money. But on the other hand, as one of the lawyers said, bondholders, NGOs, both, I mean, the Kofina and bondholders both think they're going to win. And they're going to win everything. And they may or may not be true. So it's, it's kind of an all or nothing um, appearance to both sides. Do you think both sides still kind of see it as an all or nothing? That, that I think Kofina people would like a settlement because they know they have a bad case. <laughs> but GO people, and GO people have offered uh, to settle. Um, I know for a fact that at one point they offered 89 cents. I know they offered less than 89 cents. I don't know the numbers. But uh, the government of Puerto Rico wanted to pay them 52.4 cents. So that's one thing you've been pretty consistent about, um, that Cofina, or I, I, I would say it this way, you correct me, that Cofina has the much weaker case in terms of the geo mm -hmm. um, issue. There are that's others the who see, see that very differently. They yes. say that it's it's a very different structure and, you know, they have the stronger case. What so are, are we dealing with, with um, two sides for which there's no reconciliation analysts and uh, uh, participants as well? Or, I mean, why is this such a, uh, why is this such an ardent fight that neither side wants to okay. concede anything on? You have a three-sided problem here. The big issue of money is Cofina and Geos. That's about $35 billion right there of the $74 billion. The board says, I only have $404 million, well, let's say an average of $797 million per year. Okay. Precisely, not a penny more. <laughs> exactly, and that's written in stone. In, in, the, in the discussion. What happens is that if you add Cofina and you add the GEOs, it's about $1.5 a year. So it doesn't add up. So the payments alone for those two... Uh, don't don't add up. But the Cofina, isn't it true that, I mean, as I recall, the Cofina payments actually don't come due for quite a while. That's actually... No, 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 no. They're, they're due all the time. Which one is it then no, that no, starts stacking out? No, no, there is That's a, the cabs? The cabs, okay. which is about $3 billion of the $17 okay, billion, okay. don't get paid every month. Right, okay. But I'm talking about the, gotcha. the payments of every year. Yeah, I was just remembering the debt service payments that really go up in like 2020, something yeah. like that. We're talking a year ago before we, we got into all this, but, but mm -hmm. that was my recollection that something went up, so that's the caps, okay. The problem is that if the board doesn't up the ante of payments, none of the COFINA or GO people are going to go down because we're talking about ridiculous amounts that you, they would have to go down. COFINA is about $725 million and even if you take, well, the board offered 52 points, no, Puerto Rico offered 52.4 cents on the dollar for geos and 39.2 pare pasu to cofina but if you add that up it's still more than 797 million dollars and you still wouldn't have money for anybody else and right. you have people who are have liens or at least claim they have liens and you have to pay them so let's talk about there were a couple other components that played into both the lex case and um as well as the the geo cofina uh well the Cofina dispute procedure was what it was mm. called. 
Um, first, the issue of mixed law. So let's talk about oh, that yeah. and oh, tell yeah. us what, what that, the context of that is in okay. the dispute procedure, and then we'll talk about it in relation to Lex too. It's important that the people who are Puerto Rico funds were asking for the certification of the question of COFINA validity to the Supreme Court of Puerto Rico. They had good arguments. It was shot down by the fact that the judge said that she believes it's very likely that it is a question, fix a mixed question of federal and state law. If it is, and she thinks it is, which is more important, there's no way you can certify to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court refuses to answer. The Puerto Rican Supreme Court. Court right. It refuses to answer questions of that nature. Is that a, a permanent, that's yeah. just a rule period Every they day, have? Uh, rule 25B okay. of the so it's just a standing thing. Any any case that involves a federal Both. state question, they Should, won't they touch. They won't touch, which makes sense. Yeah, it does, because the, the federal is going to rule anyway, so you exactly. might as well not get into that divide. Exactly. So, so that's that's the first one, and that gives you another thing. Given that she believes it's a mixed question, she is going to decide the issue. Right. So it's not going to be the Supreme Court. So it, th that was in some ways a, 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 at least a small ruling without being a ruling, which exactly. is to say I think it's a question of mixed law and sending it to, to the Puerto Rican State Supreme Court is not going to do anything because it's going to come back to me anyway. So Which means pending, end of you story. can forget about the state court right. for the time being. And they really, Cofino wanted to, uh, well, excuse me, Gio wanted to do this really. No, to, no, no, no. Excuse me, backwards. Cofino um, wanted right. it. Cofino wanted it. Cofino Sr. wanted right. it, and the, uh, the people who moved for that were also Cofino, but not Cofino Sr., or, or other group. Yeah, then we, we won't even get into the, no, <laughs> into the junior-senior divide <laughs> and the definition cap. of, yeah, it, we get into a whole separate realm of, mm -hmm. of chaos. I always get entertained when we listen. I know you do, too, when we listen to other folks talk about this stuff and make it um, as if it were easy to talk to to the average public about it. And, and I listen. just roll my eyes and say, my God, you have no idea what the analysts that are talking about it in the public have no idea what they're talking about. When I started out in the Federal Litigation Division in 1984, I was put in charge of all bankruptcy cases of the government of Puerto Rico. Okay? That's how far back I deal with bankruptcy. And sometimes when they're talking, I go like, what are they talking about? Wait a second. Say that again? Because it's extremely complicated. And then you go deal with PROMESA, which is not exactly right. the, the, the bankruptcy law. So it's like... The uh, woman who, well, the federal magistrate who was introduced today as well, oh, Dane, yeah. was her Dean. last, Dean. Um, one of the things that, that she said that, that really kind of tickled me, it was the funny part of today's today's hearing, was, uh, you know, she, she kind of joked that you've never heard of a federal magistrate, and then the punchline was, well, <laughs> there are a whole lot of things in this case that, that you've never been you've never no. experienced, so we're all going to go through this together. Well, so. it's interesting because the federal magistrate system has been on since, I think, the late 70s. Um, everybody who's been in, in federal court knows about them, and they can be extremely useful uh, to a judge and to the parties and things like that. Many times, the mediations are done by the magistrates. So I just want to um, say that, that during lunch today, you actually clarified for me something that I think other people are going to wonder, which is that the role of a magistrate in this type of case is, I'm going to attempt to say it and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, the magistrate is appointed by the federal judge hearing the case for specific tasks. When the magistrate has then done whatever they need to do uh, to answer the question or to deal with, with the issue assigned by the federal judge, it goes back to the federal judge and the federal judge is under no obligation to take 
what comes out of that. Merely, it's a way to, it sounds like, expedite hopefully, mm-hmm. the process. When oh, it comes yeah. back to the federal judge, the federal judge can say... Yes, no, Yes, maybe. no, right. So <laughs> what, what actually they do is call a report, report and recommendation. 90% of the time, the judges will, will just sign on on it. But you don't, not all the time. Right. But my point was that, that this, is, this is a specific... This is a carve-out for very specific things exactly. that the judge wants to ha- have handled separately. For example, the judge may send some of the motions over to the, the magistrate to determine. The magistrate comes up with a report recommendation. You can object to it. And even if you don't object, the judge doesn't have to uh, accept what the magistrate says. Let's talk about the um, appointment of agents, because that's one yeah. of those... Uh, yeah, so for, for, for everybody who can't see that, John just rolled his eyes and huffed. Um, let's talk about what that means. Let's talk about what an agent is in this context and what the board had hoped to have it as an outcome of today and what actually happened. Well, an agent, basically, the uh, permissive law permits the, the, the board to have agents doing things. Uh, Section 106, is, if, if I remember correct, correctly. The problem was that they wanted to be the ones to appoint uh, agents to represent COFINA and to represent the Commonwealth in the COFINA Commonwealth the, uh, controversy and the judge didn't buy it and and there was one other wrapper to that is then once it's been dealt with and it comes up for approval then the board wants to have that as well so it was not only the appointment and management of agents it was also once you've done the process we the board also want to have the the final say as to whether or not their argument which was very interesting and this is coming come back to haunt everybody they say, well, Your Honor, we can't have an agreement that is contrary to the uh, fiscal plan. And immediately, uh, my mind was, yes, you can if she approves it. So you will have, and this comes up time and time again, and it will be a time in which the judge will have to say, uh, no, I'm the one who's going to decide this. Uh, I'm sure she will give due deference to what the board says and what the board does. But to say Which that, I think is adequate. I mean, the, the Promesa law does that. I think that's a fair yeah, thing to yeah, say. It, yeah. it requires that. But uh, to say that everything that we do is unreviewable. Right, like, that's a yeah, separate right, argument. Uh-huh. Right. As uh, Judge Bezosa, in a case I had once said, uh, when the government said, we have discretion to do that, he looked at the, at the lawyer and said, not even I have complete discretion. Yeah. So you're going to tell federal judge that who does not have complete discretion, that the board has total discretion? I don't think so. Well, they're saying it, but it's not going to go very well. Well, I think that, and I think that was an important. Uh, what happened with that and the agent appointment piece was important. In it was the first time she's really gone against the board, uh, or, yes. or not gone against the board, but but not gone along with a deference mm-hmm. to say, wait a minute, guys, you can't play all parts. I have mm-hmm. real concerns about that. And and I think she was right on her concerns, and something can be worked out. I think that. Uh, that somebody has to represent that and the board. I think the best way to do it is, okay, uh, the judge will say, I'm going to appoint the persons. I want the input from everybody. Whatever agreement you come to, the board may object, and I'll decide. But to the board to unilaterally decide, mm, I don't think so. So kind of I'll defer, I'll give you latitude, I'll defer to you along the way, but you aren't going to be the one, at the end of the day, I'm the one who's going to say... Yes or, yes or no. So. Exactly. Let's go to the, the final big piece, um, which was the Lex Lift, uh, Stay Lift request. 
So tell us what the, the issue we, of... We discussed that already, the, the Lex, it was the uh, ERS. I'm sorry, well. sorry, I was looking at the wrong list. So yeah, it was the ERS. So yeah. tell us about the, sorry, long day for all of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the, the ERS piece. Tell us what the issue was there. Well, and ERS are the, ERS is the retirement system. The bondholders were saying, hey, your honor, uh, give us adequate protection or lift the stay so we can, you know, as they said, they're there. I think they're litigating about five different issues, which obviously the judge didn't like very much. Uh, Before you go further, back up and tell me what adequate protection is. That's a it's a term of art. Uh, Section three sixty two, what deals with the uh, the automatic stay. You have you can lift the automatic stay for cause or lack of adequate protection. What basically you do is, Your Honor, I want to go and lift the state so I can litigate this thing or give me adequate protection that my interests will be protected. So assure me that, that I'm that I'm protected or let me fight for myself. Exactly. Okay. And it's very important for, for what she was saying and I think what she's going to decide. The IRS was saying, hey guys, uh, uh, th- these people say that my liens are not, are not good, They're not, they don't want to pay me, they have to pay me. The board saying, no, 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 Your Honor, they don't, the, those interests are, uh, are, not, are not valid. You don't need to lift the stake and leave it for later, which is a line that the government has been using. No, don't lift stake, do it later. Okay? I don't believe in that, but that, that sometimes works. What the judge said was, okay, is there an objection that I decide to set aside those monies in an independent account, separate account, and until I decide the issues. And nobody really wanted to do that. Everybody wanted to get paid, or the boy didn't want to do it, but they went along that that would be acceptable as adequate protection. And I think that's what she's going to do. She's gonna decide by the 11th of July, unless there's an agreement, that those monies will be segregated. The same thing they did with Kofina. Kofina, the money is So far, it's been the, 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 the ruling. I mean, that's been the consistent piece through all of this is we're not going to deal with that yet. Put it in escrow and we'll deal with it when we exactly. get there. Indirectly, they're giving time to people to try to get to a negotiation, which I don't think they will. But if they don't come to a negotiation and eventually somebody's going to lose, that will put incentive to other parties to settle. Hey, the judge is not afraid to decide. We're getting ready to be kicked out of the, uh, <laughs> the cafeteria we're yeah. in. So um, let's talk really quickly about the kind of time frames of what's coming up and where you where where do we go from here? Um, there's going to be another hearing in August, and there will get, there's going to be more and more and more and more more and more more motions to lift stay. There are several several motions right now, and uh, there is a I think. Some company filed a complaint today that had to do with the GEOs, which is essentially, hey, judge, either you allow the GEO intervention or we're going to have this case decided, which is very important. And uh, we will continue to see litigation. It's not a I think that's a perfect note to end on. We will continue to see litigation. Yes. So thanks, John. Thank you.